Hello and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we talk about canon legends and beyond. Tonight we are revisiting the Old Republic with Annihilation by Drew Karpishan. My name is Beth Van Dusen and with me as always are Ryan Schweck and Chad Jayshank. Over to you first, Chad. Your reminder that this is a book club and not a review show. We are going to spoil this book. In addition, over the course of our conversation, we may spoil anything else Star Wars. That has been your spoiler warning. Ryan, uh, Holonet says what? Well, we got a couple things going on. Um, First, just to get them out of the way, they've announced the new Legends Essentials. Uh, they're going to do Fatal Alliance, Triple Zero, Survivor Quest, Outbound Flight, I Jedi, True Colors, Courtship of Princess Leia. All, so all of them? I only bring this up because <laughs> at some point, are they all essential legends? No. <laughs> like, we have moved past, like we're, we're getting towards Crystal Star territory. There's so can, many better books. There really are. Some of these are weird choices. Triple Zero? Yeah. That's the Republic Commando book. It sure is. And I actually thought about this when when we were when I went to buy my new copy of Annihilation, because I got the mass market paperback of Annihilation. And I kind of thought, like, I, I mean, I guess at some point all the books are gonna be like, are they gonna re-release all, all the of books? Them? I don't know, maybe. Because they're not making the paperbacks anymore. They're they're doing the courtship of Princess Leia. That's true. And which <laughs> Here's the thing about that, too. They put it on a press release. Like, people were going to be like, oh, thank God I can get an upgraded version of The Courtship of Princess Leia. Like, <laughs> and I have fond memories of that book. But, like, <laughs> you, you kept going. You, you named a couple, but then you kept going. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like, was waiting for you to get the Red Harvest. And <laughs> I mean, at first I was like, Fleet oh, Crisis. Outbound Flight. That's great. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. And True Colors. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> At South by Southwest, and I don't know why they did this here, Disney showed off the lightsaber again. You know, there's they've shown the prototype of that thing that they're going to use at the parks, and they this is, the I guess, the working model now. And if you watch the previous videos of this thing, I mean, it was cool, but it was a little janky. Like, you could tell they were being, like, really careful with it. There was questions about, like, all right, like, is this thing actually going to be awesome? And let me tell you, it is one of the most badass things I've ever seen. Like, they were flipping that thing around, and it fully retracts and comes back in. Supposedly, they are years away from being able to sell this thing because it would be so expensive. Um, More or less impressive than the Optimus Prime? I, it's pretty amazing. Okay. They've gotten the hilt down. The early prototypes they showed, the hilt was really big, if you've seen it. It looks like a regular lightsaber hilt now. Like, it's really cool. But That's we shall awesome. see. On the Disney Plus news, the first kind of short introduction for the Young Jedi. Is it Young Jedi Chronicles? Whatever the Young Jedi show is. 
it came out, or you can Disney put it out. It's uh, yeah, it's it's what you think it's gonna be. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna watch it. It I watched. I didn't even make it through the whole first little mini episode before I was like, and good enough. I mean, it is a very young child show, but the animation looks great. It was High Republic. You know, that's their big May the Fourth release, which I think is odd, but. It's out there if you want to see it. Other reading news, the early reviews for Cataclysm have been released, and apparently it's real good. People that have gotten a hold of it said it's much better than the first wave, that it kind of ties things together a little better. Uh, So that's good news, and they did announce, the writers did, that as far as reading order goes, you should read Planet, the search for Planet X before you read Cataclysm. Alex on um, Star Wars Explained really liked it. Cataclysm. Yeah. Yeah, they're saying it's real good, which is He's great. And he had he had a lot of the same reservations about Convergence too. Mm-hmm. So he he said that it really did kind of round things out and makes Convergence better in retrospect, which is what we were hoping it would do. Yeah. yeah. In the long wait for Jedi Survivor, we got the final story trailer. I'm glad they're not hiding it anymore, and they're just like, look, it's a it's a High Republic Jedi. <laughs> Here he is. It's probably one of the worst-kept, like, reveals. And I don't know if it's supposed to be a reveal. But I do really like what the trailer seems to insinuate, is that he's pissed because how could the Jedi let the Empire happen? And that seems to be his motivation. Versus just, like, a crazy from being in a back-to-tank or wherever he's been. And then, let's see, two more things. Oh, I just think this is funny. In the never-ending saga of will there ever be a Star Wars movie again, the new rumor is that three films are going to be announced at Celebration. I think this is probably legit because the three films they are saying is what was formerly the uh, Lindolph movie, the Watiti movie, and... I can't remember the other one. But one of my favorite things that's happened recently, just because it's funny, Damian Lindoff was officially announced as a Star Wars writer on March 17th. On March 21st, he announced, I am no longer working on a Star Wars movie. (laughs) It is a new record (laughs) in how long someone was on a movie. Now, what people are saying is, now he turned in his script. Yeah. And... What's being reported is, you know, the, uh, and I'm going to butcher this name, the Obad Cheney, who's supposed to direct it, was basically put on him by Lucasfilm. And he thought, hey, this is my movie. And turns out it wasn't. Uh, he was quickly replaced as the writer now for by that Stephen Knight guy who does, uh, was it Peaky Blinders? So celebration should be really interesting. I am fascinated by what they're going to announce and what they're going to say. How's that Ryan Johnson trilogy coming along? I know, right? (laughs) It's like Patty Jenkins going to be like out front. (laughs) Come on, guys. Has Bob Iger fired Star Wars yet? That's what I want to know. Well, you saw they basically fired Indiana Jones. Did they? Yeah. So uh, what they've said is they've told Lucasfilm – uh, there was plans for a new, I guess, a spinoff show out of Indiana Jones for Disney Plus, 
and they said we don't want anything else in that universe lucasfilm you do star wars and that's it well i mean i kind of agree i i'm i don't want indiana jones without harrison ford <laughs> yeah but what if she's awesome yeah what if was it phoebe waller bridge right yeah what if she's awesome and we're like fuck yeah I'll take a show with her, you know. So that's yeah. kind of a shame. We're not talking. We're not talking about the Mutt Chronicles. <laughs> well, I great. thought they were worried about you know Disney Plus not doing so great. I mean, maybe they're trying to cut some costs, but you got to spend money to make money. I'm worried about the acolyte. Yeah, I think that thing's too far into production. Okay. To do anything, I mean, they obviously. I mean, they won't mess with Andor season two. It started filming this week or two weeks ago. I think they'll go through with it. What it seems Disney Plus is doing with him being back is they want the franchises to focus back in the theaters. Them and Marvel. Like, they're talking about we need to cut back on the amount of content on Disney Plus. So who knows? And then just, I did want to bring this up, and we will talk about this probably on a whole episode in the future. But if for a mod best, he's back. And he was great. Keller and Beck, which now makes the Jedi Temple Archives game show canon, I think, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but just good for him. You know, I, I really applaud them that they... Was it who we wanted to save Grogu? Maybe not. You know, it might have been something bigger. But I really do appreciate that they... Kind of made well, him that. this implies that, that, too. Yeah. that your girlfriend was involved in saving Grogu somehow. We're hoping so. I mean, it looks like it. Maybe we're going to get like her on a space phone, like when she's staring sadly at the Jedi Temple, and then she picks up her thing and is like, so uh, I want to go pick some people up. <laughs> hey, I think you guys go over there stuff. for me? <laughs> There's some not cool things happening in the temple right now. I believe shit's going down. I'm going to go cry and be sad for a while, but if you guys could go help, that'd be super. Yeah, so, you know, that's most of the news right now. We will, on our next episode, it will be probably full tilt celebration with a whole lot of stuff. What's going on in the comic books this week? Well, we have our 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, like we talked about with the from a certain point of view coming up. Uh, so we have a new comic series uh, re- called Return of the Jedi. Uh, the first issue is called Jabba's Palace. It's part of this anthology series. Uh, remember when we did a certain point of view and we thought it would be cool to find out what that poor protocol droid did to get disintegrated? Nice. It's exactly the story. <laughs> awesome. It start, starts off with that poor protocol droid and it tells the story of how he got disintegrated. So mark that one off my uh, predictions list. Darth Vader 32. Sabe's really kind of decided to sell her soul to Vader to get what she wants. I think she thinks she's still doing something noble, but doesn't feel that way. So I'm still. Eh. Uh, Yoda number five tells the story of a particularly troubled Wookiee Jedi and his Trandoshan best friend. Doesn't end well. High Republic number seven. The Battle of Jeddah continues. Our heroes try to hide out in a bar known as Enlightenment, which we know from previous stories. This continues to flesh out the battle and like the battle itself is okay, but not great. Do we get what's his name talking in the third person? Kirk, Kirk, what was his name? 
What's the bar owner that talks in the The bar owner? Yeah, he's in there. He's in there. Um, And then High Republic, The Blade, number four. Uh, We did not get the Princess Bride greatest sword fight of all time that I was promised. There's some fancy swordsmanship, but I was not. I was led to. I'm very disappointed and I want my money back. There's going to be a sequel book called The Broken Blade. No idea when it's going to come out, but it's announced. It was announced at the end, at the end of the issue. So it's going to be about because at the end of the end of issue four, Porter's not in the best mental space. So I'm guessing the the next part's going to be his sojourn as the, the broken blade. So if uh, if you can imagine it, we've been doing this nonsense for three years now. And so like we do every anniversary, we like to look back on the past year, what we read and uh, kind of discuss what we liked and what we maybe didn't like just as a little review of the last year. So we're going to talk about our favorite legends books and our favorite canon books. So let's start with um, start with our favorite legends books that we read this year. So going back to the list of what we did last year, one reminded me that my sense of time is like terrible because I was like, we didn't read that book this year. I was totally convinced we had read the Darth Bane books this year, but we didn't. No, we didn't. And we didn't read a lot of Legends books, which I was surprised. It felt like we did, but not too many. High, Repu- um, High Republic takes up a lot of space. It does. It really did. I would say probably my favorite Legends books was going back to Rogue Squadron mm. and just how good the books, that whole series really is in the beginning. It always feels good going back to those books and they're still just as good. They're written just as well. The characters all still are so familiar. And I, I think it, those books particularly spark like a nostalgic kind of feeling. Kind of like when you read the Thrawn trilogy yeah. of, you know, how kind of exciting that time was when it felt like Star Wars was kind of, putting out really good stuff again. That was definitely one I considered. Uh, I picked Shadow Hunter just because not only do you get to find out more about Maul before we went, in, we went into full Maul overload, it was still Maul was kind of an unknown quantity at that point. Uh, also, Lorne is just a fantastic character. And if you're thinking about picking up the book, uh, get the audiobook read by Sam Witwer that Sheev is I was on say, point. Really, your answer is Sam Whitworth. <laughs> Why did I make that? It is <laughs> not. It is not. <laughs> I think that book, too, is so, like, not fleshed out, but it really does benefit a lot from the Clone Wars and Rebels. Like, knowing where Maul yeah, is going 100%. and then going back to him. And like knowing what's going to happen, I think makes it even better. Shadowhunter, um, the Shadowhunter audiobook, for all the reasons Beth said and all the reasons Ryan said too, because um, Maul has become so much more of an interesting character over the years. It was nice to see a, an early story before he was in, and it really tied in well to the Phantom Menace as far as his bloodlust for the Jedi and his, you know, how how Sheev had groomed him and and raised him to be this monster and yeah and like Beth said if you add the Sam Witwer narration to it not only is he a great maul uh, as he is on the show he's a hell of a Palpatine so yeah that would be my favorite as well what about uh so we got our new canon books um what was your favorite new canon book Ryan that one I struggled with a little more um I definitely had Bloodline 
up there. Yeah. Um, but I ended up selling on Path of Deceit. Um, That's a good one. I just think it was so well written, and especially for being a YA book, like kind of the story it presented, and it it's it made me excited about Phase Two, which I mean, let's be honest, so far hasn't really panned out as well as I was hoping. Yeah, we'll I think that, that took a little bit of the shine off the apple for me just because I haven't enjoyed phase two as much, but I really did like that book. I'm hoping I have a, I have a lot of hope for Path of Vengeance for, yes. for the follow up um, to, mm. to see as we follow that exact story. Yeah, it made me sad looking over the list and and so many High Republic books and none of them were books that I would go, yeah, that's my favorite book that we've read. Oh, I feel bad about not liking the High Republic. I mean, it's hard to live up to Fallen Star when, yeah, when you exactly. do something that big. That's a, that's a lot to compare against. So what'd you pick, Beth? Um, so you're going to judge me. Prepared for it. I picked Brotherhood because I couldn't pick a High Republic book because I just, I didn't get excited about that many of them. And we know that I didn't love Padawan as much as other people on that panel. We were on at Dragon Con last year. But Brotherhood to me felt like like another version of Master and Apprentice, which of course was a fantastic book. Uh, I love getting to see the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan in more detail to find out how they became so so deeply flawed as as a relationship, kind of what caused their downfall. Of course, by this point, we're already pretty far into it, Plenty of room for more stories in the canon vein of Anakin and Obi-Wan training together. But this, to me, was a, it was a fun book, but it was also a really good character study. Uh, yeah, that's my choice, too. Sorry. Um, it's, it's Brotherhood. No, no, that's great. Brotherhood's my choice, too. It, it Of all the books that we read, it's the one that was the most illuminating on the characters. And it was also really well-written. It was also just a really well-written book with a lot of great dialogue and a lot of great character moments between the two of them. I enjoyed Padawan, but this one was the real heavy hitter of the two. And um, and yeah, that was my choice. Um, I thought that the the depiction of Anakin is what I was really looking for. You know, I'm still someone who I'm someone who's still searching for my Anakin, and I still haven't found him yet. And this book helped me a lot. My other one that was towards the top of the list. It's probably tied for a second, maybe. Speaking of Anakin, Queen's Hope was also really good. I, it was. I liked it a lot. I just don't know that I liked it as much as the other two books. Anything that came across as disappoint, anything that was disappointing, uh, besides the High Republic. No, that can be part I of mean, it. I mean, I just I feel bad dissing the High Republic. It's been so great so far, and none of these are bad books. It's well, okay, the audio play not great, but. None of them are bad. It's just that they're not, the bar was set really high and they're not measuring up so far. I was disappointed in Shadow of the Sith. Yeah, that was my other one I was disappointed in. Yeah, that's the one that I wanted more from. See, I liked that one better than something like Shatterpoint. Shatterpoint was my least favorite book that we read over the last year. You didn't like the darkest, <laughs> grimmest Star Wars book you've I did ever read. Not like the darkest timeline of, of Mace, Mace Windu. Windu. <laughs> Ryan, you agreed with Shadow of the Sith. Yeah, I like you said. I just wanted more than 
the origin of Ochi's ship being in a cave. And that's really what it came down to, right? Yeah. Like, all that, and it was the damn Wayfinder. Well, and it was all stuff, it, it came to a conclusion that we already knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ray's parents were going to get killed. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Lando and Luke were involved in it comes across more as hokey than it does interesting. But Ray's parents are going to get killed. They're going to leave her behind. There's there's a dagger. But like it didn't answer our questions like why is the dagger able to point to the to the Death Star? Why is that? Why? And I'll say it again. Now the dagger's a vampire and we don't ever explain that. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I, I felt that was a book where like the first 50 pages, I was like, oh man, this is going to be so good. Mm-hmm. This is going to be so dense and full of info and, and full of lore. And then it just kind of becomes this cat and mouse game as uh, Luke and Lando are chasing after Ray's parents, whose names I don't remember. Situation after situation of, oh, you just missed him. Yeah, no. And that's all the book <laughs> was, right? That's all that book yeah. was. So, and I think my least favorite thing we, we did for sure was Book of Je- Battle of Jetta. It's not good. It's not very good. I it just isn't. I, I need them to either stop doing the audio dramas or get it together. Have they had a good one since Jedi Lost? No. Not really. I mean, I didn't hate the Afro one, but the Afro one is just a retelling of the first like six issues of the Darth Vader comic. That's why I couldn't make it through it. Yeah. I was just like, yep, I know this. Yeah, it's the exact same story, but I, I did listen to that one. I thought it was fine. I like The Lorna Doom one was I like that better than this. Oh, yeah. I like Tempest Runner better than this. You know, Tempest Runner like had some cool stuff in it. And I think it worked better as an audio play. The problem with Tempest Runner was that it was inconsequential. To the larger Mm -hmm. story, right? It didn't it didn't add anything like Lorna D was a badass. Lorna D goes to jail. Lorna D comes out a badass. It really didn't add anything. Battle of Jeddah is the complete opposite. It really matters. This is a big event that's happening that's supposed to really matter. And I think the audio drama format fails the story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It, it totally does make sense. That should have been a novel. I needed descriptions, not, oh no, they're shooting again and pew pew sounds in the background. No, I need you to describe to me what is happening so that I can picture it because I can't picture it from people going, grab my hand. Well, what are you doing? I don't know what you're doing right now. I think it was a fault in in conception. But uh, all in all, we read some good stuff this year. Some old stuff like like Bloodlines and stuff that we'd read before. It's not out yet, but I will say I thoroughly enjoyed a certain point of view. Yeah. Yeah, the certain point of view is always fun to record. Yeah, we got drunk Ewoks over the last year. Yeah, that was quality. We did get drunk Ewoks. <laughs> we did get Ewok, 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 bachelor bachelor, party. Ewok bachelor party. Yeah, that's all. That was good stuff. Princess and the Scoundrel was weird for me because it was like it was a disappointment and a surprise. Like it wasn't as like all hardcore Halcyon travel brochure that it could have been. But at the same time, it didn't give me the intergalactic cruise that I kind of wanted. I I was pleased that it did not give me what I was expecting because I was expecting 500 pages of, don't you want to go to the Halcyon yourself? I wanted to see them go to multiple planets. They don't do that. They make one stop and that's the whole book. I mean, they did it better than the comic did. I mean, that Halcyon comic is 
painful. Yeah, it's not very good. It's not very good. What no. delicious dishes you have here. Come on, guys. <laughs> I would say, too, now that we cover them in too much depth, but the comics have been really good this year. They like, have. There's been some weaknesses here and there. And, you know, we talked to, obviously, the whatever it is, the Ascendant Sith. Aphorus feels like it's long. spinning its wheels a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I like some of, like, the... They seem to... They they branched out in a lot of interesting ways this year in the comics. You know, the Haymane stuff has been interesting. I'm still fascinated where this is going. It definitely... They, they seem to have taken, I guess, more, I don't know, risks or... I don't know. The comics have just been good this year, I think. I'll say this about the comics. They're becoming more like comics. Yeah. They're becoming more comic booky, Like, mm-hmm. with the crossovers and the, mm-hmm. the all the characters that are interlocking now between all the books. And um, and you have your, your big events like Hidden Empire and whatever this thing coming next year is. And, um, or this year, I guess, later this year. And... Yeah, they just feel it feels more like Marvel Comics presents Star Wars, and it's mm-hmm. and it's done in a comic booky way. I don't know, as opposed to just being Star Wars comics. I don't know if that makes sense, but it is. It just feels a little yeah. more comic booky. And I'll say this is the year that somehow got me somewhat interested in Valance. I don't know how they did it, <laughs> but I somewhat am interested in what's happening with Valance. The latest issue of Bounty Hunters said the fate of Zuckus on the cover, and I skipped to the end. He doesn't die. I didn't read it. Annihilation by Drew Carpishan. The Sith Empire is in flux. The Emperor is missing, presumed dead, and an ambitious Sith Lord's attempt to seize the throne has ended fatally. Still, Darth Carid, commander of the fearsome Imperial battle cruiser Ascendant Spear, continues her relentless efforts to achieve total Sith domination of the galaxy. The novel begins in a flashback to the birth of Theron Shan. His mother, Satel Shan, later Grand Master of the Jedi Order, names her son, and then reluctantly gives Theron to be raised by a Jedi Master, Nagani Zo. How this master ma- how this master got away with raising a kid, but she couldn't? I'm not sure, but okay, that's fine. The novel moves them to the present, where we meet Theron, now grown, a covert agent with the Republic Strategic Information Service. After blowing an undercover mission for other SIS agents, Axel Foley style, he is called back to Coruscant to meet with the Supreme Commander of the Republic, military jace malcolm who it turns out is theron's father from an affair with satel satel shan 30 years ago after the battle of alderaan together they discuss the state of the cold war and plan a new mission to destroy the ascendant spear a dangerous prototype imperial battlecruiser under the command of darth carrot if a faline that's a prince skizor to you a faline sith lord the mission is planned as a joint operation between the republic military sis and the jedi order represented by a Jedi named Gost Dural. Is that how, Nost 
I, I Nost, read it as Nost, but Nost girl, who knows? Nost girl. I'll soon fill you in on what I refer to him as. Meanwhile, the Sith Dark Council debates possible candidates to be promoted to the council. Darth Marr puts Darth Carrot's name forward, although the council is hes- hesitant because she was Darth Malgus's apprentice, and Malgus attempted to claim the Imperial throne and was branded as a traitor. Added to that, Carrot is a Faline, not a pure-blood Sith or a human. She earns her place on the council by taking the Ascendant Spear and stealing another Dark Lord's glory in battle, killing the Sith in the process. After a dangerous smash-and-grab mission, Theron and Master Nostarel secure a Black Cipher, the Old Republic Sith version of the WW2 Enigma machine. The Black Cipher allows the SIS to monitor Imperial transmissions and make further plans. Theron goes to see his mother and confronts her about not revealing to him who his father really was. Theron disguises himself to enter Reaver Station, an Imperial outpost, where he knows the Ascendant Spear is going to be docking for some R&R. The plan is to sneak onto the ship and sabotage it. He and Nostarel sneak onto the ship, where the Jedi gets captured by his former apprentice, Darth Carrad. Carrad tortures him, and, Nos- and Nostarel uses the torture, tr- the torture to trick Carrad into attacking the planet of Duro, where the Republic fleet is waiting in ambush. Meanwhile, Theron is sneaking around in the guts of the ship, trying to figure out how to disable it once the battle begins. When the Imperial fleet arrives at Duro, the Republic is waiting and surprises them. The Republic is kicking ass until the Ascendant Spear arrives and faces off with the, with the fleet. Theron starts to slice the Ascendant Spear's systems. The targeting systems, the shields, and the sensors all go awry or completely offline. Carrot recognizes there's, there's a slicer on board and prevents further hacks. Theron frees Nostural from his cell. They both make their way to Carrot's command pod and begin the attack. They get Carrot to leave her command pod, the place where she jacks into the ship and basically controls it with her mind. Moff Lorman, who is on the bridge of the, bridge of the spear, freezes and fails to take command of the ship, unsure if Carrot is still alive and the, and the Republic fleet begin to tear the Ascendant Spear apart. The order to abandon ship is given. Carrot runs for the command post. For, Kara runs for her command pod and Thero throws a ruined blaster inside of it, activating it just before the pod closes and the blaster explodes, killing the Sith Lord. Apparently. Nostarel and Theron get into Carrot's personal escape pod moments before the Ascendant Spear is vaporized by hypermatter explosion. They return to the Republic fleet heroes. Three days later in the Supreme Commander's office, Malcolm and Satil discuss Theron as Malcolm wants to be closer with his son. Satil tells him to be patient, and the two part on good terms. Malcolm finds a recording from Theron inviting him to a drink later. The end. I've been racking my brain and I can't come up with a question to prompt you with because this book made no impression on me whatsoever. What's annihilated? That's my question. What is annihilated? As I say, <laughs> can we have heavy use of this sound throughout the episode? <laughs> Just the annihilation sound over and over from that movie. <laughs> what does the title mean? Because the Sith aren't annihilated. You can't, it's just one ship gets blown up. That's not annihilating anything. I mean, it's annihilating the ship, I guess. Yeah, that's all I can think of is they annihilated the ship. They annihilate Darth Karen in her little pod by throwing a bomb in there. Yeah. <laughs> I by, guess. By throwing his, his, broken, his broken blaster in there and blowing her up. Chekhov's broken gun. Not that I want another planet killing weapon, but you would think with a name like Annihilation, we're going to fight some like crazy 
destructive thing. No, I mean, they, they do do their best to make the Ascended Spear like an existential threat to the Republic. Like, as long as this thing is out there, the war is... Because cause when we get into this book, the Sith are losing. The Sith are losing this fight. Now, this book takes place after the events of the Old Republic video game. But a couple of centuries after the book, the events of Revan, the book, last book that we read for the, for the Old Republic. So, it takes place in the wake of the, the game. And because uh, that's where Darth Malgus is, that's where the battle to kill the Emperor is, is all in, yeah. in the game. Because um, in the game, Lord Scourge, Darth Scourge, is one of your companions. If you take the Jedi track, he's apparently gone by this point in the story. But yeah, I thought the, the, the idea that the Sith are losing and so the Ascendant Spear is like their one hope of, of keeping the war alive, I guess, is the idea. I don't know. They, they didn't sell me necessarily on how important this was. Is the Tefent and Theron, is that stuff in the game about? No, I don't think those characters are in the game. See, I feel like there's a comic somewhere. Like, it feels like that story is somewhere. With Tiffin? Yeah, I didn't even mention Tiffin in the um Because she doesn't matter. And, and her relationship with Theron makes no sense. Because from all I can tell, she met a Jedi Master for like five minutes and now is haunted by him. Trying, He's trying to make her do good things. It didn't make a bit of sense to me. And I, I didn't buy it. Yeah, I didn't really get into that stuff either. Like I said, I didn't even mention it. I was going to say, they're on Narshada. Why are we only on Narshada for a minute? Can't we spend a little bit longer there? Because that part was cool. I want to see more of that. More of ancient Narshada. Part of it, part of it, I think, is we're coming off of Revan, which is about like big characters, right? Big space lord, space, evil space lords and Revan, the savior of the galaxy and all these big characters. And this is a much smaller story with much... Yeah, the stakes are fairly high, I guess, but it doesn't feel that way. And we're and, and because our main character isn't a Jedi, it just makes it feel smaller. We got this like super powered secret agent. There's a comic series called uh, Old Republic: The Lost Sons, and that's that story. Okay, it does it does tell a story about Theron. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least it exists because this book felt like it came out of nowhere with half these relationships. So I feel better knowing that somebody had some idea of what was happening. This old Republic stuff is complicated. Yeah. And part of it is that like, because they're tied into this giant MMO <laughs> that, mm. that not a lot, I mean, a lot of people played, let me wrong, but like that you shouldn't have to play to get the story. And I don't think you necessarily have to, because I didn't remember most of it. There's definitely more going on in the Old Republic than I remembered. It's fairly complicated, the history. And there's two books that we skipped because they're written by other authors that are in between these books. But from reading them, none of the books are related. Like the closest thing they are to being related is the Shan name, Fatal Alliance and Deceived, I think they're called. I had to look back. So this book came out in 2013. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Right before this. It feels old. Uh, these are Old Republic. Remember, Old Republic was still up and running when the sale happened. Yeah. I'm old Republic like, might still be up feels, and running. I, I just mean like as in it feels the style, the way it's written, it just feels like an older mm-hmm. book. It feels like a very 90s book. Yeah. And like even Theon, like, look, he has got the 90s cybernetic eye and wrist gauntlets. Yeah, that, that part were- of it. it- Marvel Comics 90 staples. Like, yeah, it, 
and the way it is tied in, it just felt old. And I'm not knocking it. Like, you know, there's there's a time for that. And I think it's it's well done, but it feels that old style. Is there a difference in the legend style and new canon style? Can we, is there really a demarcation point? I definitely point? think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I, I think the early ones don't. Bloodlines, Tarkin, those kind of feel they straddle that line. The new ones, I don't know. They, they feel more... I don't know, feelings focus, that makes sense, or like softer. I don't know how to explain it, but there's a there's a lightness to them. Even when they're dealing with like really hard stuff, it never feels as like kind of more cold sci-fi military stuff than the old books do. Part of that is that cybernetic neuromancer kind of stuff that was really prevalent in the 90s That that's what makes this feel older to me, but it is also that not Karpishan style of writing, but just the way it's written as it feels very gloomy and very. I mean, I think the acolyte is going to be pretty telling when it comes out. Like, I think they're going to make the Sith more, you know, they, they've done all this stuff with, you know, your most evil characters outside of Palpatine to make them more relatable and to see their side of it and that sort of stuff. And the old series didn't do that. Like, I look at Thrawn. You compare Thrawn from Heir to the Empire to his new trilogy. Like that's the difference in the characters. Is yeah, it's much more perspective based. I guess. Yeah, I, I hate to call it Disney fied because I don't really don't think that's the criticism. No, I really don't think it's that. No, it's just just a different point of view, and, and it is. It is, does seem to come from. It seems like the new batch of authors. Oh yeah, do come at it. From, from a batch from a, from a point of love for the characters more than mm-hmm. more than necessarily just trying to tell you know, I, don't, I don't know that you're right they seem very character based it also is it's just a new batch of authors except for Timothy's on mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty much a brand new batch of authors so they're gonna have a different style and a different feel and another generation of writers as well it almost feels like and, and again like, yeah I agree it's not Disney five Star Wars when it changed with Disney. I think one of the biggest changes is stars itself becomes less militaristic. Like you, yes. even though it's Jedi and Sith, it is very star Wars. And the new stuff is not like that. Like you said, it's more characterization. It's more, you know, well, we're reading battlefront now. Battlefront's very military and, yeah, and that's, there's a little bit of that. That's yeah. one of the authors who stuck around, but also his books, Alphabet, the Alphabet Squadron books that are canon are very military heavy. Oh, the Battlefronts are canon too. Oh, are they? Yeah, all his stuff is. Like, it, 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 it does feel, I agree with you, 2013 seems like it, but you have to think about when the game was going strong. If it ever did, but when the game was going strong, it, it was said it was the at one point. I think it was the only thing it was still going, even though Force Awakens had come out. So it was like the only thing that Disney was publishing that wasn't canon. Yeah, I mean, I mean, twenty thirteen, you know, Tiffith, there's stuff in here about the pronouns they use. Yeah, and that was pretty. I think ahead of its time for Star Wars in two thousand thirteen. Ten years ago, yeah. yeah. God, 2013 was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is this fairly. I didn't, you know, we're talking shit and I don't want to, 
necessarily entirely. I it's not that I didn't enjoy the book. One, it feels really short. Yes. Yep. And I was a little disappointed. Beth, you and I were talking about this on the Kindle. It tells you what percentage of the book you're into. But Star Wars books are famous. Legends Star Wars books are famous for having 100 pages of back matter that is all chapters from other Star Wars books they're trying to get you to buy. And reading this book on the Kindle, when I got to 64%, the book ended. I thought I had another 40% to go, and I was done. And it made the book feel incredibly short. But I think it was short, right? It wasn't wasn't like a big lengthy tome. It is short. And and I agree. I felt the same way when I went to finish it. I, I didn't realize I was going to finish it. I went to keep reading it. And I was like, oh, 10 pages later, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. That's the end of the story. I was reading like 25% a day. So I like put it down 25%, put it down to 50%, sat down when it was at like 54%. And I'm like, all right, I'll read my quarter for the night and then I'll read the rest tomorrow. And then I was finished. Well, also it's, it doesn't feel like an ending because when you're reading the ending, you don't realize it's the ending because it feels like, okay, it just kind of trails off. Like we're going to meet for a drink. We took out this one ship and now we can finish off the, the Sith empire for good. And then the end. I mean, it's 330 pages in the mass market. That's about average. Let me ask you a question from back then, though. Yeah. All right. So, like you said, the Legends books, the books, they used to always have this back matter. Yes. These chapters from other books. Did y'all ever read those? No, because I was already going to read the books. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's like when they put like the excerpts of chapters out before the book comes out, and I'm like, who is reading this? Like, who Beth, wants reads, to Beth reads the read? Game of Thrones one. I did when they still had them, and then I um, stopped because there was no point. Because also every chapter of Winds of Winter they put in the show. I shouldn't have even bothered. You fell for Martin's trap, <laughs> like throwing you breadcrumbs to try to fill you up, so you don't notice you're hungry. I I didn't uh, I never read them because I was either yeah because I already most of them were books that were already out. Was right, the yeah. they weren't like upcoming books necessarily. They were books that were already out that they wanted you to go buy. And I'm like, I own it, own it, own it, own it, own it. Like, yeah, when I got it. to the end of this book, I was like skipping through. I was like, Have I read this? Yep, I've read this. Yep, I've read this. Yep, I've read this. Yeah. Why? Seems like a waste of paper. The back of this one has the first chapter or two of Scoundrels in it by Zahn. Look, in 2013, if you're reading Legends books or EU books, you're reading Scoundrels. Like, there's no, I'm going to test this out and see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not iffy know. on Zon. No. Like, you're, you're, either for, you're either for or against, and you'll read it or you won't. Now that you mentioned the, eight, the 90s of it, I can't get it out of my head. You're right. <laughs> he, he, is, he is such a light. You know, or I mean, you know, the cyberpunk aesthetic is still alive and stuff like the I game know, and, and it's it's still in Star Wars. I get it, but it just feels yeah. Remember the scooters? Yes, I remember the stupid scooters. <laughs> Unfortunately, this- <laughs> it's the cybernetic eye. Yeah. Like, I also thought it was really funny, and I wish somebody had pointed out. You know, they talk about his bracers and how he shoots his little darts out of his hand. Look, man, we get it. You don't have force powers. But stop being a wannabe. Like, you know, clearly he like, he probably sticks his hand out and makes the gesture they do when he shoots them out. He's just like, trying to be like, the Black Widow. Look, I'm he's a like, Jedi too. He's like Kumail, he's like Kumail on, uh, 
Obi-Wan. <laughs> uh-huh. So let's talk about the high point of this book. What was that? Mr. Master Nostral. So Master Dural is a Keldor male. He is a Keldor, yes. Excellent at lightsaber skills. They thought they'd try to pull a fast one on me. But clearly, this is the immortal best Jedi, Plukoon. You see, <laughs> if the Emperor can be immortal, Plukoon also has mastered the skill of immortality through helpful things. And now Plukoon is immortal, and here he is saving the Old Republic. Plukoon, Master Jedi. Too bad he can't <laughs> save the new, the regular Republic. So, Republic. so in Shwet canon, because Palpatine is some, because he's back somehow, it, it applies to Plukoon too. The Sith Emperor was immortal. Mm-hmm. And he was. I mean, I, I, I liked that the Jedi, I liked hearing the Jedi ph- uh, theories on like, or the people's theories on the Emperor, or like, was it a series that of guys? Cool. Was it a series of people that took up the mantle and they never told anybody? Like the Dread Pirate Roberts, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Dread Pirate Roberts. Was he really immortal? Which is what the Jedi kind of settled on is that he was, because that's what we were told in, in Revan. I was going to say, that, isn't that what they established in Revan, or was it yeah. just what they told us they thought? I don't know. That's what Scourge was told, right? Well, I mean, it had to have happened, right? He what? That he's immortal. What? That Scourge was told that he was immortal? Yeah. Well, he's got to be, right? Because he wiped that planet out and took all the Took all his energy and is still around. Yeah. But then again, and is still around however many hundred years later to be killed by. Because when it says in the thing, the hero that takes out the, the, the emperor or whatever, that's the PC from the game. Mm-hmm. Right? They're talking. It's you. It's, You're the it's hero. you. You're the hero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I thought about a lot in reading this book, and especially after reading Revan and then we read Bane, do you prefer the rule of two for the Sith, or do you prefer this? I forgot that this was an EU book for a while, and I forgot how far back it was taking place because every time they talk about the Empire, I forget that it's the Sith Empire that they're talking about because they keep talking about an emperor and an empire. And I just forget because I'm so used to there being two Sith. I like this leading to the rule of two. Mm-hmm. I like them both. I, I like them existing. Sim- like, I like the idea that this, this idea of the Sith Empire is eventually going to come down to two people. It's got to start. It's going to start huge, and it's going to be you know generations and millennia of war between the Jedi and the Sith, and the the Sith and the Republic, and and all these things, and it's eventually going to come down to two people mm-hmm. that are going to carry it. Now, on. would you like to see post sequel? And Favreau was already hinting at it this week in interviews that they got plans. Like, would you want to see them go back to? a Sith empire. Cause they did it with legacy, the Cade Skywalker comic. And I thought it was good. I, 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 I like you, but we already had the first order. Well, I'm saying past that. I, so I know, I know, but I'm saying we already did it again. Yeah. You know, but I would, I'd be interested to see the downfall and see how it really comes about. I mean, we, we hear the stories of how it happened, but I want to, I want to see it. I want to be there. 
as far as like in the future, I don't, I don't think that's the future. I mean, that's not the future I want for our characters. I want to, I want to see a future where the Jedi have come back, you know? Yeah. I just don't know if I, I think the rule of two and the, you know, master and apprentice, like for me at this point, it's just kind of worn out. I've seen that dynamic enough. Yeah. I, I know, like I would be interested to see a bunch of Sith again. See, I would be interested in seeing no Sith again. I I would be okay with this. I would be okay with the Sith just being gone. If we're, if we're in if we're in the Skywalker saga timeline and we're past Rise of Skywalker, I'm okay with him being every Sith. I'm okay with him being the last Sith, and we kind of end that storyline. Like I don't mind that they can. They, I I promise you, they can come up with something else. There's this race of aliens. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're called the Grisk. Oh God, no! <laughs> As I say, be careful. This is how we get the Vong. It is how we got the Vong. <laughs> that is true. It is how we got the Vong. But I think they have to let the Sith go. We can still tell stories like this and stories of older Sith, and and I still love stories about mm-hmm. the Sith civil wars and, and these big wars. Um, I'm going to read that journal that I got of uh, of from Master uh, Nostral that came with the video game. I've got the old Republic gigantic source, like hundred dollars source book that like tells you everything you need to know about the old Republic. Um, I love this stuff. And I also love Bane and the rule of two stuff, but going forward, I don't need any more. Like I just, I like the different dynamics you can do with the Sith. Like I think the ruling council stuff was some of the most interesting stuff of this book and Revan. Yeah. They want Dark Talon. She's going to show up somewhere. But they could have a whole new group and just don't call themselves Sith anymore. Hey, we're the Dith. <laughs> well, in this, uh, I, like I Bith, did... Bith is taken. I liked Carrot mm-hmm. though, because I did like her hook up to the ship and how she was feeding off her apprentices and then those two other Siths show up and she's like, oh, hey, so your dinner, um, hang out here outside my pod. Well, Darth Iron Man. <laughs> Maybe that was what felt '90s as well, because it felt like she was ha- she was like jacking in, going, you know, '90s hacker. I'm in. <laughs> that was that whole scene, like where he's like being cut out and going through the subroutines, and like it's like the scene in Swordfish <laughs> where Hugh Jackman's hacking and yeah. he's like playing music and he's spinning around and stuff. And, and although there's that, oh, yeah. there's also that famous I don't know it was either from CSI or NCIS where someone's hacking something. And they've got someone counter hacking them, and so someone else gets on the keyboard, and two of them are hacking at the same time, as if as if two people on one keyboard are going to be able to hack faster. It's an ama- you should look it up. It's an amazing clip of them like getting the, and the music's all pumping, the cameras flying around, and they're just they're both trying to hack on the same keyboard because they got to do faster than the other guy because nobody knows how hacking really works. Hollywood's Hollywood's vision of how computer works, despite the fact that, that computers have been around for has not gotten much better than it used to be. It's not that much better than Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> I just imagine, like, if they film this, there's, like, yeah, the bad techno playing, and then, like, he's got, like, a clicky keyboard, so it's, like, click, click, click. You're picturing hackers right now, aren't you? Oh, I was going to say, it's, like, a hackers, and you're getting the 360 camera around his head, and there's possibly some, like, computer graphics floating in the air, 
to simulate his vision. I mean, remember yeah. in like Disclosure where like they had like the VR sequence where you had to go unlock a file using VR <laughs> and you had to like get out a box and all this okay. stuff. And that was in Disclosure, which was not a VR movie. <laughs> I, right. I am sure the Chemical Brothers music comes cheap now. You could make a whole thing out of it. <laughs> no, it is it is kind of a like this is what I thought was cool in the nineties kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of thing about it. it. Really, is. and I feel <laughs> bad. I feel like we're beating it up, but it's it's not that this was a bad book. It's just to to for me, this book does not compare to the other Carpishan books that we've read. No, I would agree. Yeah. It it just feels slight. It, yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't feel very substantial. Like did he did they think there was going to be more books because it really does feel like the book is leading leading us into a sequel that never came. I I mean you're probably always hoping there's another book. You know, like so so yeah, the sale happens the next year. So like I like you said the the game is real big at this point. Yeah. Or is, you know, is going. So they, they probably weren't yeah. thinking this was going to be. I mean, they wrote four Old Republic novels. So whether or not they were going to do a fifth one, who knows. But but this one was so close to the sale that it's likely there was one in the pipeline. Whether it was him or somebody else. But this was an era, era they were exploring with the games and the books and the comics even. Right. They were exploring this era. I've actually read that Twin Sons comic mm. now that you mention it i know i've read it i don't remember anything about it but i know i've read it so it's just it feels like a it's either that or it feels like a weird end cap on the whole thing because it takes place after the game itself so it's a sequel to, you know it's interesting revan was a sequel to two games and a prequel to another game and this is now a this is a sequel to that game. Maybe part of it's on us for not knowing all the story, but there's there's a lot to take in. And, and yeah. but but the novels read well on their own. That's the, the thing. The reader the novels do work on their own. They do all stand alone within this high republic structure. There's not necessarily a bigger story, but um, that to be told in the books. You know, they all have different lead characters. This one just felt kind of tiny. And maybe maybe he didn't do enough to hype up the Ascendant Spear. Maybe it needed to be a, a planet killer or something. You know, not that we want more of that, but it was basically like a, the quest to destroy the Executor. That's what it felt like, right? It was like, what if the Rebels decided they were going to sabotage the Executor? They also got they also did it real easy. It felt real easy. Well, it we only got to really see it in action, what, one and a half times? Yeah. Because she took out one of her own people. I like that though. I, I, like, I like yeah, that I like part. That. that was a good that was a very thrawn setup. She makes it where she knows he's gonna attack her. Yeah. So, so she can vape him. Yeah. No, and I wanted more of that because that to me was like the most exciting part of the book. I think Theron just wasn't enough of a main character. I would agree that Theron was a little he's a PC. Right, he's he's your player character, yeah. And and the game does feel like a little bit like a video game, um, structurally, but um, he's a little like Valance, like in the comics. Yeah. He's he's generic cyborg guy. In this case, he's not a cyborg. Mm-hmm. He's a just a cybernet cyber guy. But he's generic cyber guy. Happens to have you know. 
I mean, I like the backstory. I like the backstory of his, of him's mom being the grandmaster of the Jedi Order. No one seems to care that much. Like they talk about it being a secret, and then people find out, and they're just kind of like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Oh, wait, you're on. not a Jedi too? Oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and once again, Jedi are stupid. <laughs> like, so you've got this non-Jedi kid running around being raised by a master Jedi whose name just happens to be the same last name as the Jedi that went on sabbatical for a little while. Like, come on, Jedi. Well, and and I guess my question is, like, how did he, all of a sudden, this Jedi just shows up with a little kid? Right, like, nobody's asking, like, hey, what's up with the weird kid you got with you? It's clearly not a Padawan. Yeah, like, this it's a a baby. Like, (laughs) it just... I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't quite understand how that relationship worked and how she couldn't have just kept him. But I guess because she's the, the big the big Jedi, she had to set an example. She's mm-hmm. their Avar Chris or whatever. I, don't, I just feel like I wanted more explanation of that part of the story. There, there was so much more they could have gone into that just didn't. Well, when a man and a woman. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Mm-hmm. Like each other very much. Ooh, what if Holdo and Lando have a baby? That would be sweet. Ooh. <laughs> it'll be the stylish baby in the universe. Would be. Um, I okay. did like that everyone that interacted with the Jedi in this book, though, just constantly pointed out, like, please don't talk like that. <laughs> like, will you stop with the preaching yeah. and the vague statements? Oh yeah, they, he's got uh, Theron's got no patience for Jedi platitudes. Mm-hmm. Well, and going back to Revan, I mean, I kind of thought that uh, you know Scourge is is biding his time and is being kept alive forever. Well, well, where is he during all this? Yeah. I mean, he comes, his whole story comes to a head in the game. Mm. Um, I don't think he dies in the game because you like have him as your, if, if you're, he's your companion, if you're a Jedi, not if you're a Sith, he becomes your companion. Mm. If you're a Jedi, because, because that, because, because in Revan, in the book, when he says like, you're not, Oh no, wait, this isn't how the emperor dies. Someone else is going to do it. That's you. That's the PC that does it. And so that's why they're very vague about who killed the emperor, where the emperor is. Does anyone really believe the emperor is dead? They're very vague about that because that comes from the video game. And Scourge is one of your party at that point because it's still a Bioware game. So you have you can have a sidekick with you and Scourge can be is one of your possible sidekicks. I just thought, you know what? I made this book awesome, like really awesome. And it kind of already reads somewhat this way. If it was a choose your own adventure book, <laughs> like if you got to like a page and it was like, keep hacking or exit the engine room, <laughs> like pick, oh, it'd be great. Attempt to use your bent blaster or use your last dart. I'm sure canon lovers would love a good fashion choose your own adventure book. I'm sure that would be, <laughs> that'd be great with canon lovers. And that's kind of what the games are. I mean, well, they what they were, what those games are. Notice the games now, like Fallen Order, are very linear and mm. don't don't give you a choice whether or not you're a good guy or a bad guy anymore. This is what we call a filler episode. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, didn't intend it to be, but it is. Yeah. Um. So Ryan, what are we going to read next time? Well, I think clearly, either consciously or subconsciously, we're on a video game kick right now. Yeah. <laughs> With Jedi Survivor, I think coming video games are they're so hot right now um so next time we'll be reading battlefront twilight company which ties in to 
the Battlefront game from 2014, I believe, um, by Alexander Freed. And it's about as military as you think it'll be. It sure is. And I will say, if you play Battlefront, this book does, it doesn't add to the story directly, but it kind of enriches the play a little bit. Well, if we like this, I want to worry Battlefield 2 because I don't know anything about Inferno Squadron. Inferno Squadron is full of lies. Okay. I'll just throw that out there. All right. Because they promise you're going to, for the first time, read from the perspective of the Imperials. Die Hard Imperial. Hey, guess what doesn't happen? Yeah. <laughs> guess, guess who changes your mind? All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us. We will talk to you all soon. Roger, roger!